Parks are a call to the people to rest and play. The Outline World Dispatch. Every Monday through Thursday, we bring you a story on the theme of power, culture, or the future. Handpicked from theoutline.com. Culture. Anne? Hey, James. Hey, Anne. How's it going? I'm good. How are you? Good. Oh, my gosh. I know this is like, I'm happy to hear from you, yes, but the subject that we're about to get into is not happy. <laughs> yes, it's not. <laughs> True. Yeah. Tone change. So tell me uh, a little bit about this movement that I've been um, seeing online. So Mute R. Kelly is basically a campaign to get people to stop basically giving R. Kelly their money through listening to his music, going to his concerts, booking him at different venues. It was started last year by Kenyette Barnes and Oranike Odelier. And they have so far, through protests and online campaigns, succeeded in getting 10 R. Kelly concerts canceled. Yeah, so you, so you mentioned two people responsible um, for the uh, hashtag Mute R. Kelly uh, movement. So what are, what are both of their roles uh, within this? They're basically the founders. So what they did was started this hashtag and began the movement, the campaign with a protest in Atlanta where they did a petition and they also talked to different civic leaders to try to get the concert canceled. It didn't happen. But now they actually have a network of people in different cities who demonstrate whenever R. Kelly comes to town to try to get him shut down. So they're basically the main organizers. Hi, Kenyette. This is Anne Derek Gaillot from The Outline. How are you? I'm good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to talk to you today. Thank you for giving me some of your time. Oh, no problem, and thank you for your patience. I know we've been trying to connect for quite a while now. <laughs> oh, no worries. I totally understand how it goes. I chatted with Kenyette Barnes. She's based in Atlanta, and I talked to her over the phone. And how was that? It was really interesting. I have been outspoken against R. Kelly since about 1999. So even as a young lady going to graduate school, I knew that R. Kelly was problematic and spoke out about him then. After the, the case, the child pornography case in Chicago and subsequent case in Florida, I've just kind of, in my personal life, checked out of R. Kelly. I, I don't listen to his music. I don't allow him to play it around me or my children. Um, and I speak very frankly about why I don't like that. So for me personally, this has been going on for over 20 years. Even though the awareness around what he's done wasn't as great back then, she was still, as a survivor of child pornography herself, very against everything that she was hearing about him. And so since that point has just been very anti-R. Kelly for good reason. Why I started Mute R. Kelly, or why we started Mute R. Kelly, it, he had come to Atlanta for his concert. And at that point, BuzzFeed had just broken the story about the young ladies in the sex cult, uh, is what they were calling it, the sex cult. And um, at that point, I just couldn't do nothing. I mean, there was no structure. There was no, there was no existing um, infrastructure or framework for this. My plan was to lobby um, the board of commissioners that um, housed the venue, convince them to cancel the concert, and that would have been a win for us. 
And Ornique, um, her background is in arts management. So what she wanted to do was she made a petition and circulated the petition and got about 200 signatures. I mean, she really did a good job with that petition. And that's how we connected. Last year, when she was starting to protest in Atlanta, she met up with Ornike and together they started this campaign. Um, did, she, did she find any, like, any uh, challenges uh, within like uh, pretty much creating this movement and going against this guy who's like incredibly lawyered up and like has a lot of fans and everything? The surprise came from the amount of backlash that we got from his fans. And at one point, I had to disable notifications on all of my social media because I was being harassed, threatened. Horrible things were said about me. My character was threatened. People were going through my social media back to 2008. And the worst thing that happened was a race threat. Radio stations did not want to get on board with this. They did not want to you know, outright say, we're not going to play R. Kelly. Basically, it's taken a long time for the kind of support to get behind this, the same kind of support to get behind this as the Time's Up movement. But Mm -hmm. now that Time's Up has signed on with Mute R. Kelly, we're seeing a lot more celebrities saying Mute R. Kelly. And she has a lot of hope that this is going to be what happens to bring him down finally. I, I, I'm a little, I'm a little shocked <laughs> and for time's up to get on board. Uh, in addition to me too, it just really solidifies for me that we're doing the right thing and we are on the right side of history. And I'm so happy about their, their involvement. I, I, I am speechless. <laughs> I'm honored, but I'm speechless. I'm curious to why you wonder why folks are so reluctant to give up on R. Kelly. I mean, like, I still go out and I still hear Ignition Remix um, like being played. And it's very interesting like when you're out in a dance floor and you have like this split. Like you notice like either there's people who are just like, oh, yeah, this is my jam. You know, they know all the lyrics. And then you have like the people who are like you can see it in their face like, oh, I remember this was a bop, but I can't Mm. actively dance and like Mm -hmm feel comfortable with that. So I'm curious, like, why you think people are, like, so reluctant to, like, give up on this guy? I think that the reluctance comes from not fully recognizing the humanity of Black girls and young Black women, especially when you think about the the people, the victims, R. Kelly's victims who have spoken out, and sometimes the things you see people say about them, like, well, why didn't you just leave? Why didn't you, where were your parents, blah, 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 this and that. And it really isn't getting to the heart of, like, these are young women, a lot of them kids, who are being abused. And maybe the the full recognition of that humanity, sometimes people aren't bothering to consider that when, you know, when the song comes on. But hmm. But like you said, for other folks, it's like, I can't, I can't just dance to an R. Kelly song anymore. It's just too much with that. I don't know. What do you think? So, I mean, like that actually like leads to um, like this this next thought that I've been like thinking about a lot. So, um, so I'm from the Chicago area, 
um, and lived in Chicago proper for quite a few years uh, before moving. Um, and, you know, R. Kelly's from Chicago, so it means, like, no matter where you are, you hear some sort of R. Kelly song. Mm-hmm. Like, like whether it's, like, at a Steppers event um, or it's, like, any sort of party or even, like, in your cars while you're out, you always hear R. Kelly. And um, I, I will admit... It was like 2013, I believe, and I went to Pitchfork Music Festival, and he was one of the performers there. And Mm -hmm. it was like the big headliner performance. It was like the end of the festival. Um, And I remember, me and my friends, we went right over to the stage, and we went. And I will admit, like, I was a different person in 2013, like, Mm -hmm. as far as, like, the way that I thought and those type of things. Um, But I remember feeling this, like, sense of like oh like you know but you're still doing this and like Mm -hmm. and you know like I'm also bisexual and I know like there are hella trap songs that I listen to that can be like super homophobic um -hmm. so I'm curious about like your thoughts um, like, is it possible with certain, like, people, or is it, like, based on the offenders? Um, and I think people are kind of grappling with this now in Kanye of, like, is it possible to separate the artist from the offender? Yeah, gosh, I've been thinking about that, I feel like, every single day for so long, because, I don't know, it just, it feels like you never know who some like someone you admired you never know if they're going to be actually turn out to be a gigantic trash bag right when it comes to r kelly and just the work that so many people have done to expose his abuses and his harms and just seeing the real life people who have been real life affected by his actions makes it difficult more difficult for me to separate art from artists than someone who says things that are who says things that are dangerous but yeah i i i I find it very interesting that like it it seems like it's like this perfect storm in this time right now where mute r kelly is happening and gaining traction uh versus the various reports that i remember reading back in chicago from local papers that were like exposés about what happened yeah one thing that gives me hope is just how how much easier it is now to just learn about music and learn about shows and podcasts that have nothing to do with these big deal celebrities and are just people making things that they care about and i think that you know with all these questions that i know a lot of people are turning over in their heads like us it's i think now is the time to go discover other artists who are, you know, mm-hmm. underground, align with your values and celebrate them um, because we can't just keep lifting up the same people all the time, especially when they do disappointing things. All right. So I guess like maybe uh, for listeners, um, for a little homework, find a problematic fave of yours and find a way to replace them. Yes. <laughs> Thanks, Anne. Thanks, James. Your personal, your personal life has started to interfere with the way that people consume your lyrics. Right, but, I sent you some messages there about that. You're here to get ratings and I understand it. I respect that. 
No, but sir. You won't I'm, be getting them off me if you're going to interrogate. I, I'm not interrogating you. Talk about some positive. A so couple. One more uh, thing. Well, this you is a, one more question. You're here to promote your you album. One more question. I have one more question. Yeah. What do you say to the multiple fans, the many fans who are watching and listening that I say, say there have been fans. multiple accusations my, my against you, against young women in Chicago, and they are concerned are me, about your past and that's impacting them, them from all. purchasing your I love music them all. sales? It doesn't matter who they are. If they hate me, they love me, they want to destroy me, whatever, I love them all. And I love you too. You don't need to give me any of your I love, love, sir. Everybody. You really it don't need to give me your love. I just wanted to ask the question: What do you say to the? What do you say to the fans? Your fans who don't want to buy your music. Then, yeah, I'm not going to allow you to do that. But I love you. I love. My okay. Fans, I have a video everybody. question for you from you a fan. Have if no you. No video questions for me because this interview is over. Okay. Well, Mr. Kay, right. I thank you very right. much for coming to our first. I've not answered answering my questions, but thank you for being here. You don't have to. The dispatch is produced and hosted by me, James T. Green, with production assistance by Rob Doiser. We featured Anne Derek Gallo's piece, The Story Behind Hashtag Mute R. Kelly, which you can read on theoutline.com. A link is in your show notes. The clip at the end was from a Huffington Post interview with R. Kelly. You can also find a link to that in your show notes. Thanks for listening to The Dispatch.